0: Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,573. The topic is Q&A and the title is, How Changing Hand Position Impacts Exercise Focus. Pretty awesome. So we're going to talk about upper body exercises today. And um, this came from a kind of a manipulation of two different listeners requests. So one listener, a client of mine, they were asking a little bit about like hand position changes and foot position changes. So we're gonna come back to the foot position changes uh, in another podcast. And then I have another listener, uh, not a client, but they're still a listener of the podcast, and they were asking some hand positional change questions as well. So what I wanted to do today was I want to talk about some common exercises that people use for the upper body and then how the different hand positions change what muscles are emphasized. So we're going to talk about chest presses, chest flies, overhead presses, back rows and back pull downs and pull ups, uh, bicep curls and tricep exercises. So pretty much everything. <laughs> Got to hit a pretty good amount here. So what I want to do is basically say the different hand positions that are available and then what muscles are more recruited and why. Now I'm going with the most common hand positions and the most common selections. There's almost an infinite number of hand angles and hand positions and different ways you can hold a handle, you know, whether it's a, like a, a a kind of a, a rod and you're holding and gripping and squeezing a rod or handles like mag grips maximum advantage grips and i think prime handles also have this kind of like paddle type look where your fingers are just hooked over something but you're not actually gripping and crushing the handle so hand position changes even like other than just hand angle changes but how you're holding the implement has, has an impact as well. So, like, we talk about, like, we know, like, fat grips. Well, maybe you don't, we don't all know. <laughs> but there are things called fat grips, uh, and it's actually spelled with a Z. G-R-I-P-Z. So grips, z, z, rather than grips with an S. So fat grips, uh, I don't even know how to say it with a Z. Uh, fat grips, <laughs> those things, uh, they are, like, metal, I mean, yeah, sorry. They're rubber Uh, grips that you can kind of put over top of dumbbell handles and barbell handles that make the dumbbell handles and barbell handles thicker. So a thicker handle, if you're doing a pulling movement, causes greater recruitment of the biceps and greater recruitment of the forearms. If you're doing a pushing movement, it actually can decrease Involvement of the forearm and hit more stress load into the shoulder and like chest depending on the type of pressure You're doing so it's interesting like for example a bicep curl done with a fat grip It can decrease recruitment of forearm. So therefore you get better uh, bicep a- a- Activation so there's a lot of changes you can make with the thickness of the element that you're holding whether you're squeezing and holding the Element in your palm or whether you're just hooking it and holding it with your fingers. There's a lot of nuances so It's super fun. Like when I work with people with grip training, there's different types of grip training where you're trying to crush something in the palm of your hand versus crushing something between your fingertips versus a hook grip where you're just trying to hold something and prevent your arms, your fingers from being pulled open. There's a lot of different types of grip work. So I've worked with musicians to help strengthen their hands, which is kind of fun. Uh, I've actually fixed my own hand after I had an injury to it. Uh, I don't really know exactly how it happened, but I tore the sheath of tissue that's in the palm of your hand between your skin and your bones. I tore that sheath, and it it negatively impacted my finger, my ring finger and pinky finger strength. So when I had the injury, uh, my deadlift was, I believe, somewhere in the 600s. And I had that injury to in my hand. There's a huge divot in my hand and big weird lumps uh, from the tissue being all clumped up. Uh, but I rehabbed and fixed the tissue rather than getting surgery because I couldn't afford the surgery. So I, I fixed it. Uh, this was years back. And I was able to still deadlift 700 pounds. So was very successful at uh, fixing that grip issue. But there's a lot of fun things. Like the reason why I bring that up was that was hook strength. So I had to be able to contract my finger my pinky finger ring finger around a barbell and then prevent the barbell from pulling my fingers open that's a very different type of strength than if i were trying to actively crush something in my palm so it's super fun to know all these nuances i love this stuff Uh, but getting back to what this one's actually about (laughs) so there's a lot of ways you can change your grip whether it's the implement you're holding the way you're holding it but what we're going to talk about is actually the angle of your hand whether your hand is overhand neutral or underhand and what neutral means is just your palms are facing each other you know so if i'm underhand my palms are facing my face i can see my palms if i'm overhand my palms are facing away from me and if i'm neutral my palms are facing each other so Those are the three positions we're going to talk about. Now, there are a lot of handles out there in the world that let you give an angle between there, you know, like 45 degree angles and things where you're a blend of neutral and overhand or a blend of underhand and neutral. So the the blends would be a blend of what I'm about to say. (laughs) So when I say what the benefit is, is overhand versus neutral versus underhand, if you're anywhere in the middle of those positions, you're getting a middle of those benefits, right? So if I look at chest presses, If we do a chest press kind of the normal way, which would be overhand where your palm is facing away from you, think of like a barbell bench press or like a normal way of doing dumbbell chest presses, that's going to get typically a pretty good blend of chest and triceps. Now, if you have a short upper arm bone, that's going to be more triceps. If you have a long upper arm bone, it's going to be more chest. But it's a pretty even recruitment, or at least out of the positional options we have, it's a pretty even recruitment of chest and triceps. When you switch your hand to neutral neutral hand, where your palms are facing, that is typically going to cause your upper arm bone to be closer to your torso when you do a press. With your upper arm bone closer to your torso, you actually reduce the stretch on the chest. Therefore, you actually reduce the chest recruitment and you get greater tricep recruitment. So if I think of an overhand grip, I would not have my elbow, like my upper arm angle to my torso, be 90 degrees. That's pretty wicked. Uh, That's going to be hard on your front shoulder. You're going to have a lot of AC joint pain, front shoulder joint pain. So typically, if I think of uh, the elbow to torso angle, like there, it's going to be closed from 90, maybe 75, 65, somewhere in there, degree angle. So my upper arm bones aren't going to be you know, perpendicular to the line of my body, they're going to be down a little bit, but not as far down as if I switched to a neutral grip. If I switch to a neutral grip, think of doing neutral grip chest presses, my upper arm bone is going to be closed down a lot closer to my torso. That's going to reduce some of the stretch on the chest fibers, so therefore it reduces the chest fiber recruitment. So it's going to be greater stress load on your triceps. If you were to press with an underhand grip, your upper arms are pretty much going to be pinned right at your sides. And that would even further reduce chest recruitment and even further emphasize the triceps. Now, you'll see some people on Instagram, they'll tell you that, you know, if you do a 15 degree incline underhand grip chest press, you get really good upper chest recruitment. Bullshit. What's gonna happen is, is if you notice, the weights they use are really light. And they're thinking like a good mind-muscle connection of squeezing and flexing their chest. They're probably not, and they shouldn't be, locking out their arms at the top of the press. They're usually gonna be using the bottom three-quarter range of motion and lighter weight, and essentially they're flexing their chest against the weight load. But the weight load is often so light that it's arguable as to whether that's causing any kind of tissue stress to the point where would it really create any tissue adaptation. So, a lot of things on Instagram are, hey, this is kind of cool, I've never done this before, I'll like this, or I'll share this, or, you know, it gets more people looking at it, so therefore the person who made it gets more money or more views or eventually, leaves the, whatever it is, leaves more money. <laughs> so that's why they do it, um, whether they're selling programs or not. Uh, but they they advertise all this weird shit, and 99% of it is garbage. Uh, it's just, it's a it's something new that you've never seen or done before, therefore you're more likely to buy their programming. I understand it. I know why they do it. But it's not super helpful for people because you'll buy their programming. You won't get great results because it's, it's a weird movement and, and or you can't move it like right. You can't use the right weight load. There's something about it that's limiting as to why you've never seen it before and no one else freaking does it. Uh, so you're not going to get great results. So it, uh, it frustrates me because that person gets money. You get unhappiness. And it's like, why the hell are they trading money to hurt other people? It's just frustrating. Horrible. Uh, but you'll see it. <laughs> so, when we do chest presses, the typical overhand normal position that you would normally do, like a barbell bench press or a dumbbell chest press, you know, that's gonna get a really good recruitment of chest and triceps. For most people, that's really the, the grip you wanna use most often. And then, what I do with clients is I change the bench angle. So, maybe we'll do a decline for like 15 degree decline. Uh, or if less if a bench offers less like I like 7 degree or 10 degree declines uh, better but we'll get do that if we want maybe a little more kind of outer lower chest development maybe we'll do 15 degree incline if we want just a nice kind of middle across the chest fiber development do a little bit higher maybe 30 45 degree incline if we want more upper chest so I tend to change the ban- the bench angle the press angle more than I would change the grip because I want the angle change because the angle change changes, which part of the chest fibers I'm working. Whereas if you change the grip, you're decreasing the overall inves- uh, involvement of chest fibers. So if you're like, well, I want to use chest presses and I want my triceps, well then hell yeah, use a neutral grip. Great awesome choice a pretty heavy motion uh, i can get really freaking heavy on the triceps so it's awesome uh, if you notice like a lot of dips for example if you do dips that's a neutral grip because it's really good for tricep right yeah <laughs> so if i want triceps out of my chest presses then sure neutral grip is great if you want chest out of your chest presses then an overhand grip is almost always best and you would just change other elements of the exercise which would be like what's in your hand <laughs> uh, or the angle in which you're pressing now, if we look at chest flies, this is already taking way too long. So I've, I over overestimated what I'd be able to get through. Uh, but uh, chest flies—if I have an overhand grip when I do a chest fly—I'm not a big fan of those because yes, you will get chest, and specifically you'll get a little more upper chest. But the front of your shoulder is going to be involved a lot, no matter what you do technique-wise. There's there's no nuancey stuff to do that your front shoulder will be more involved in an overhand grip of chest flies than it would be compared to a neutral grip of chest flies, which is often why most chest fly machines only offer a neutral grip. Because if you want a chest fly machine, you want it for the chest, not your front of your shoulder. So they only offer you the grip that actually works the chest best. (laughs) Imagine that. So chest flies with an overhand grip, You could argue or you'll hear people argue that it activates more upper chest. Yeah, but the front shoulder is going to take a lot of stress load as well. So in order to really stress the chest, you would have to go heavier and heavier, which then impairs the benefit of chest flies and increases a huge risk. So overhand chest flies, not usually the best. Neutral grip, palms facing, is 99.9% of the time going to be the best chest fly position. You can do a slight angled overhand, maybe to get the upper chest, but you don't want a straight overhand. And you can do a slight angled underhand to get maybe the lower chest, but you don't want a full underhand grip. If you do an underhand grip with a chest fly, impressive, congratulations, but you're going to annihilate the inside of your elbow. Absolutely piss it off and hurt it, and it'll be very mad at you, so don't do that. So chest flies, neutral grip is best, slightly angled overhand, slightly angled overhand if you want some upper chest, uh, and slightly angled underhand if you want some lower chest, but it should be pretty much neutral. If we look at uh, overhead press, so I'm going to be doing che- like shoulder presses, overhead presses, the normal palms facing away from you, kind of the normal overhand type of, of chest press is going to be the best blend of front shoulders, and triceps. Will you get some activation in the middle shoulder muscle? So our shoulders, their fancy name is deltoids, and there's three actually parts to it. There's a front deltoid, a middle deltoid, and a rear deltoid. Uh, They have all these names, but that's pretty much what you need to know is there's a front section of your shoulder, there's a middle section of your shoulder, and there's a back section of your shoulder. An overhead press is predominantly developing the front of the shoulder and the tricep. You're gonna get minimal mid shoulder development and minimal rear shoulder development. So overhead presses, if you want a great, well-rounded, beautiful looking shoulder are not the best choice. That might rock your world, (laughs) but they're not the best choice. So my clients know that I program lateral raises almost an infinite amount more often than I would overhead presses unless they're like a straw man competitor, then hell yeah, we gonna do a crap ton of overhead presses, you know. Uh, But if you're looking at general aesthetic development of the shoulder, you should be doing lateral raises way more, way more than you do overhead presses. So the normal overhand, palms facing away from you grip, is going to be a blend of shoulders and triceps, but specifically the front of your shoulder. Now. Another option we have is a palms neutral. If you do a neutral grip shoulder press, your your hands will be about shoulder width apart, maybe a little bit outside of shoulder width, and you're going to do it with a neutral grip. In that position, if you only move the bottom three-quarter of the range of motion, so you're not going to lock out the top, you're just thinking of moving the bottom three-quarter of the range of motion, that's going to be very good for front shoulder development and actually minimize some of the tricep involvement. So you want more isolation to the front of your shoulder, the neutral grip and the bottom three-quarter range of motion is actually really good for front shoulder focus uh, to decrease a little bit of the triceps. Now, if you have your palms facing you, an underhand grip, pretty awful. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Because uh, you're going to be very limited in shoulder stability and you're going to be limited in the amount of weight that you can use. So you're not going to get really great muscle tissue stress no matter what you do in an underhand grip overhead press. And again, this is something where you'll see on Instagram, somebody doing that, and they're like, have you ever tried these? The answer is no, because they're dumb. Don't do that. <laughs> so an underhand grip for an overhead press, um, for example, like here's a, here's a fun one. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with what an Arnold press is, Okay, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he did a shoulder press where he started with his palms facing him, and his hands were shoulder-width or actually slightly inside shoulder-width. And this would be a good idea to kind of pause the podcast if you need to, then do a YouTube search for Arnold Overhead Press or Arnold Press, you'll see it. But basically, from the bottom, you have your palms facing you, your shoulders are, your hands are shoulder-width or slightly inside, and then as you would press, you actually rotate out so your hands go out and they rotate to neutral and then as they go up they come back inward and they rotate to overhand so your hands are twisting as you're pressing so from the bottom the palms are facing you as you press up they press they rotate outwardly outside of your shoulders to neutral grip and then as you press the rest of the way up they rotate to overhand and they come back kind of like inside a little bit back towards midline a little bit an Arnold press was Arnold Schwarzenegger's way of trying to recruit more middle shoulder involvement because the middle shoulder would be involved with the initiation of the press by rotating from palms, out, by palms in to neutral. So as you're flaring your hands outward and rotating into neutral, your middle deltoid, your middle shoulder muscle, would be greater recruited from that starting position. So that his idea was, well, if I start with my hands narrow and focu- narrow and pointing towards me, my palms narrow and pointing towards me, as I press up, if I rotate outward and press the rest of the way up, I get a better middle shoulder recruitment for overhead press. Uh, is that arguable? Yes, like he's right. Your mid-shoulder does start to do some things. But some of the challenge to that argument is that the, the movement of the dumbbells that the shoulder, the mid shoulder would be responsible for is horizontal movement. In an overhead press, especially if you're using dumbbells, there's no horizontal resistance. The resistance is vertical, it's straight up and down, it's against gravity. So for the mid shoulder to contract, to pull the weight to the side, there's not really resistance horizontally. So the horizontal aspect of an Arnold press doesn't really do much for the mid-shoulder because even though the mid shoulders like recruited to do that movement, it's not a weighted movement. There's no horizontal pressure. So an Arnold press is kind of a blend of all the grips, but it's not really that much better than a normal overhead press. Do I program Arnold presses for people? Absolutely I do because it's fun and interesting and weird and different but it's not better than a normal overhead press in the sense that there's not much of a weight load to the mid-shoulder activation in a normal press. So it's just a fun, different way of doing an overhead press. Okay. So for overhead presses, the normal palms facing away from you is a good blend of the front shoulder and tricep. Palms neutral with the bottom three-quarter range of motion is more isolation to the front shoulder than the tricep. And palms facing you really shouldn't be done. (laughs) now if we move to back rows and pull downs uh whether you're doing a row or a pull down they're very similar in their recruitment depending on hand position so i'm going to clump them all together uh but it's something you could play with and have fun just kind of experimenting on your own if we look at this we have different options we have overhand neutral and underhand but we also have the width whether my hands are wide or narrow That all of those impact the muscles recruited within the movement. If I have an overhand wide grip, so wide means wider than my shoulders, overhand wider than my shoulders, that's going to recruit the upper lats, so your latissimus dorsi up by your armpit, it's going to recruit the upper lats, and you will get some mid back. Development, your lower trapezius and your rhomboids, you'll get some mid back development with a wide grip, even if you're overhand. So, overhand wide is upper lats and mid back. Overhand narrow is upper lats, but less mid back than a wide grip. So, if you just want your upper lats, you don't want the mid back to help, you really want to isolate the upper lats, then an overhand narrow grip is better. But if you want your upper lats and your mid-back, an overhand wide grip is better. Now, why is that? Generally, this is in in generality, (laughs) um, the narrow grip, it causes a greater stretch in the lats to get your hands narrower. So therefore, since there's a greater stretch in the lats, you get greater recruitment in the lats. So if my hands are wide, my lats aren't stretched very much. If I start to move my hands inward, super narrow, like my hands touching each other, your lats are more stretched, so therefore they're more recruited. So a narrow grip causes a greater stretch of the lats, which causes a greater recruitment of the lats. So overhand is upper lats. If you're overhanded wide, it's upper lats and mid-back. If you're overhand narrow, it's upper lats and a less mid-back. Okay. Now, neutral grip. You're going to get more of the middle lats. So you're going to kind of use the midline of the lat muscles, because we also have a way to target the lower lats. So if I'm thinking about trying to target the upper versus the middle versus the lower, a neutral grip targets kind of the middle of the lats. It uses kind of the the bread and butter, the sweet spot of the lats, kind of uses everything kind of blended pretty evenly. Now, if you're neutral and wide, again, you're going to get more mid-back. Versus neutral and narrow, you're going to get comparatively less mid-back because there's greater lat stretch to get to that narrow grip. Now, somebody would ask, well, what, what kind of difference do you have in bicep involvement? The overhand grip is going to recruit less biceps than the neutral grip would so if you're looking to reduce bicep involvement it's true that an overhand grip reduces bicep involvement but the overhand grip emphasizes the higher lats compared to the middle lats so you might you're kind of like well do i want to trade bicep involvement or trade lat recruitment Where do I want my lats to grow? If I want my lats to grow kind of overall normal lat growth, I just want the whole damn thing to be bigger. Then go ahead and maintain a neutral grip and let the biceps help a little bit and just go freaking heavy, okay? If you want to reduce bicep involvement and focus on the upper part of the lats, then an overhand grip is excellent. Excellent choice. Now, if we look at underhand grip, There's actually going to be three widths that I'd like to talk about for underhand. We have underhand wide. If you're underhand and your hands are wider than your shoulders and you're doing a row, congratulations, you have some impressive mobility. (laughs) Uh, Typically, people can't get an underhand and go very wide. Uh, If they can, that's going to put your biceps at a very dangerous level of isolation recruitment. So I would not recommend a very wide underhand grip for any kind of back exercise. This is a personal recommendation. I'm just seeing some people do it. But I feel like it puts your biceps at huge risk for a tear. And speaking from somebody who has partially torn their bicep uh, tendon, uh, it's just not worth it. Uh, You can get great lower lat development from a million other positions. You do not need to go heavy with a wide underhand grip. The underhand grip that I do like people to use is shoulder width. It doesn't emphasize the bicep as much. It's definitely still recruited, but it's not as exposed. And you get more lat involvement. So as we said, if my hands are really wide, I don't have a lot of stretch in my lats, so I'm not going to get a lot of lat recruitment, so it makes the biceps more exposed in a dangerous way. So if I bring my hands in a little bit, kind of like shoulder width, I get a little more lat recruitment, which helps protect the biceps. And since we're doing this for a back exercise, it's pretty damn good to have the lats involved. <laughs> so an underhand grip shoulder width, you get more lower lats and you are going to get more mid back and bicep involvement. Now, if you go a narrow grip, underhand and super narrow, you're probably going to just tick off your wrists it's not usually a really good option because your wrists are in a really weird position if you have a handle that allows your wrist to be straight even though you have a narrow grip so like some kind of v grip v grip handle awesome love it would be great it would be great for the lower lats it would decrease the lower back uh, the mid back involvement but that would have to take a very special handle to do so So typically, if we do underhand, I would just go shoulder width. It's great for the lower lats and mid-back development. If you're going to do neutral grip, that's great for the overall lat development. Wide helps include more mid-back. Narrow includes less mid-back. Overhand is great for the upper lats. If you go wide, it includes more mid-back. If you go narrow, it includes less mid-back. Awesome. Okay. Biceps. Pretty easy here. If you go overhand grip on any kind of bicep curl, you're gonna annoy the crap out of your forearm muscle, which is your brachioradialis, which is the forearm muscle that crosses over the elbow joint. Uh, That's actually really cool if you want bigger forearms and you want your arms to look big in a t-shirt, because that's the muscle that sticks out from the bottom of the sleeve. So if you want thick arms, specifically while you're in a t-shirt, Building the brachial radialis is pretty damn good. So adding some overhand grip biceps uh, exercises is awesome to do that. Now, you have to be a little careful. Don't go too aggressive because the muscles of the forearm, when you're in an overhand position, they can be stressed and irritated and inflamed very easily. So they're smaller tissues, smaller muscles. So start light and go for more of like a pump before you would try to go through anything heavy. A neutral grip is kind of a blend of that brachioradialis and the biceps, So it kind of does a little bit of both. It's like hammer curls. You might have heard of that. And then an underhand grip is definitely more biceps. So it kind of reduces the, the brachioradialis to a, a large degree because it it, it stretches out the brachioradialis. So it since it's stretched, it can't be recruited as much. Now, I know that that was maybe a little different than what I said with the lats. It just has to do with the way the muscles, uh, like their insertion and origin points but just think that the forearm muscle if you go underhand and it tries to contract it really it really is limited and it's a contract contraction ability but it, once you go overhand and you try to contract that forearm muscle it's exactly what it does is it closes your arm your elbow joint so it does get involved in an overhand curl so an underhand curl is less forearm and way more biceps then if we look at tricep exercises um, if you did like a, 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 study, like a test of activation, muscle activation of any tricep grip, you're going to see some activation of all three, uh, heads of the tricep. So the, like any grip would work the triceps entirely, but you can definitely change your hand angle to emphasize one part of the tricep more than the other. So, an overhand grip tends to work the outer portion of the tricep. That's typically referred to as the horseshoe, which is weird because the outside of your arm looks nothing like a horseshoe. <laughs> so, uh, but it's that, it's that bump on the outside of your arm that looks pretty cool in t-shirts. Uh, so, the overhand grip works that bump. And it especially works it when you get a full contraction and lockout uh, uh, at that kind of the bottom. So make sure you don't shorten your range of motion. Make sure you get a good full range of motion. That better activates that outer head in an overhand grip. If you use a neutral grip, that's better recruitment for the long head of the tricep, especially over your head. So if you do anything overhead in a neutral grip, good Lord, you're going to get a ton of long head of the tricep recruitment. That's actually kind of the thickest, biggest part of the triceps. So that's a great one to be doing most of the time. And then an underhand grip kind of works the medial head of the tricep, which is the kind of the lower inner portion of the tricep. So an underhand grip works the lower inner portion of the tricep. So you can play around with different hand positions, um, but in general, uh, I would I would blend all of them, but at the same time, is you're probably going to be, want to be doing mostly neutral and or overhand, and then make sure you're doing different positions, not only where the upper arm is next to your body. Get your upper arm up over your head and do some overhead extensions, especially on a cable machine. So I really like one arm overhead extension with a rope grip. Whoa, That will light you up, and it's fantastic. Okay. So that was a a long one. (laughs) So hopefully there was uh, some helpful stuff in there, good information, but that kind of explains how changing hand position impacts uh, the exercise focus for most upper body, common upper body exercises. Awesome. So thank you to those who sent that uh, question. If you're looking for programming that blends all this stuff together and makes sure that you have the right proportions and whatnot, we have our live monthly programming service. You can sign up. It's $50 a month. You get a brand new program every four weeks. We have a couple different focal points, but it includes education, which is specific, like kind of different than how other people would do their monthly programming. Our monthly programming is includes a virtual Q&A every single week. You can you can sign on and ask me any questions you want and I will answer them directly. We also have a a Google Doc, a live Google Doc. You can go in at any time, 24/7, write in a question and once a week I'll go through and answer everybody's questions. And then also, we have weekly videos that will be exclusive to subscribers for that service. And they're going to be anything that I want to teach that day, anything that comes up in the questions. Uh, So I'm just going to be teaching through videos and sending them out to everybody who subscribes to the service. So it's pretty awesome. You get monthly programming. Uh, that's brand new every four weeks. And then you get to ask any questions you want and get direct answers. So there's tons and tons and tons of personal education in here, which most other companies don't offer. So our program options are power building, which is like powerlifting and, and bodybuilding kind of combined together. Uh, if you just want to do powerlifting but not gain weight, you would just control your nutrition and then you'd be fine. <laughs> so, power building program. Then we have a female shape development program. We have a pure bodybuilding program, a functional athleticism program, which is great for firefighters, military, you know, that kind of stuff. And then we have a functional longevity program. So you can learn more about those programs if you go to our website, www.brewlerandgym.com, and you can read all about the service. You can sign up for the service, ask more questions, all that. So if you want that, that will give you $50 a month, gives you awesome programming that has all this kind of stuff balanced and put in it. And then we also have our one-on-one coaching service where I write your training program specific to your goals, your abilities, your needs, your schedule, your uh, equipment availability, everything specific to you. And it includes nutrition coaching as well. Okay. So you check out all of our services on our website, www.breelarengin.com. Great. Well, if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, like the people who send in the questions for today's podcast, let me know at my email at at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please share it. When you share it, let people know that we answer questions for free so that way they know the, the benefit of the podcast and how it can help them. And then thank you to those who to support the podcast through donations. You can give a donation on our website, www.brutalironjim.com. Even just $5 a month, it goes a long way. It's super impactful, super helpful. Thank you to those who do that. Also, if you like the information we share in our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram every day, and I post a lot more on YouTube now. So find us and follow us under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.